This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. I've got two great questions from our listeners today, and they're both about stinky kids. The first one is about an elementary kid that just smells real bad. And the second is about a baby whose scalp smells terribly. And I've got some great tips for you today. I'm Dr. Wendy Hunter, and I'm the pediatrician next door. I'm that doctor friend you call for practical advice about your kid's health. I mix the science of medicine with the reality of parenting. Okay, None of us ever want to be the stinky person in the room. You know how you're always like, is that me that smells? Well, I got this message from a worried mom and I'm going to read it to you. She says, my eight-year-old daughter, who is 100% healthy, normal height, normal weight, has developed the most pungent armpit body odor. She doesn't smell bad when she's not active, but we live in the South and we're always sweating. Is this abnormal? She doesn't have any armpit or other hair no breast buds, and no other signs of puberty. But dear God, her pits smell absolutely disgusting. I guess I don't remember my son smelling like this. Any recommendations for a kid deodorant? I don't want my kid to be that smelly kid. Okay, I love this question. I've got so much to say about this. All right, the mother didn't outright say this, but I think she has two concerns here. Or at least most parents who ask me this question are also worried about early puberty. Obviously, she's worried that her kid is smelly, but she's also worried that that smelliness might be a sign of early puberty because she mentions the lack of the other signs of puberty in her message to me. Puberty is obviously a time when hormones in the body increase. We all know that. Hormone release is signaled from the brain and the hormones are released from the ovaries in girls and the testicles in boys. But you may not know this, that hormones are also released from the adrenal glands, which are glands that are located on top of your kidneys. They're really little. The adrenal hormones are the ones that are responsible for underarm odor and for pubic hair. So if a child has a little bit of hair and stinks, but no other changes, they aren't going through puberty. They're going through something that we call adrenarchy. And this can start about the same time as puberty, but it is a different process. It can start around age nine in boys and age eight in girls. So if there is no hair and the kid is just stinky, there's really no cause for concern. And we're going to talk about what to do about that. As one pediatric endocrinologist told me, there is no smelly hormone. So if a kid just smells and no other signs of puberty, there's no worry. If the hormones were high enough to be a problem, like if they were high enough to cause some puberty or adrenarchy, you would definitely see pubic and axillary hair. In my practice, I've noticed that stinkiness can be pretty normal down to age six. 
It's a lot less common in that age and a little bit more worrisome, but I definitely do see normal six-year-olds who have some real smelly armpits. For any of the kids under age eight, you will definitely want to see your doctor to get things checked out. And if your child has any new hair, you also need to see your pediatrician. In the office, pediatricians, we look for other signs of puberty. Besides pubic and axillary hair, we'll also look to see if they're having a growth spurt because that can really correlate highly with puberty. And we might ask about whether their voice is starting to change or if the testicle size has changed because that will increase during puberty and also if they have created some breast buds. And our first step might be to be ordering an x-ray of the hand, which we call a bone age. You see, the development of the hand bones is very predictable and they change very specifically with age. So radiologists have a book that they can reference and they can compare your child's x-ray of the hand to standard ages of bones and they can tell you what their bone age is on an x-ray. So if this bone age is more than two years older than your child's chronologic age, that's when we might worry and want them to see an endocrinologist to maybe slow down puberty or at least test for it. And in very rare cases, there is a benign tumor that can cause your brain to release those puberty hormones and cause early puberty. The other thing that you need to know is that fresh sweat doesn't smell. It's odorless. It gets the bad smell when bacteria feast on the organic substances in your sweat. There are two types of sweat glands. The eccrine glands produce an odorless, watery sweat that helps us cool off. Babies don't have those sweat glands yet. They're not active. And so babies don't sweat until they're a little bit older. And then the other kind of glands is the apocrine glands. And these release a more milky substance and that contains proteins and fats. The apocrine glands do their thing when you're nervous or excited. And these glands, the apocrine glands, are controlled by puberty hormones. So the sweat from the apocrine glands is what makes the stuff that bacteria eat. And kids really shouldn't have activation of the apocrine glands until they're about age eight or older. And that's when you can start to see some smelly armpits. If your child is really foul smelling, that is something we call bromhydrosis. And that does indicate that the adrenal glands have started to work. Okay, let's get back to the important thing here. What do we do for this stinky kid? All right, the primary target here is the bacteria on the skin. So step one, I want you to use a deodorant. Pre-pubertal skin or skin in kids who haven't gone through puberty yet in their armpits can be more sensitive than adult skin. So most pediatricians recommend a really good sensitive brand of deodorant like Tom's is one that we often recommend. And that's for kids who haven't gone through puberty yet. It's a deodorant, but it's not an antiperspirant. So they'll still sweat, but it won't contain those aluminums and other substances that make you not sweat that are found in other antiperspirants. And we do have a favorite deodorant. There are lots of good ones, but our ultimate favorite, I would say for me, is called Lumi, L-U-M-E. And that was developed by an obstetrician gynecologist who was hearing a lot of complaints from her women patients about their lady parts smelling bad. So she started to do some research, spent years researching and learned that the bacteria on the skin digest bodily fluids 
And the thing that happens in our armpits that makes us smelly also happens everywhere else in the body, under your boobs, on your tummy folds, in your thigh creases, on your feet, I mean, everywhere. So she created this product that blocks bacteria from digesting the fluids on your skin, like sweat, blood, and urine. And she created a whole body deodorant. The great thing about it is it lasts for 72 hours. And that is fantastic because you know your kids are never going to remember to put their deodorant on every day. Okay, so now you're using deodorant and you've got some good choices, but your kid is still stinky. The next thing you need to do is try to decrease the bacteria on their body. So you can wash their underarms with antibacterial soap, something like Dial, or just read the labels and look for antibacterial. The next thing you can try is there is a product that we often use to decontaminate people, and that's called HibiCleanse, and that is an antimicrobial skin cleanser. You can just put that on the armpits and let it soak for a few minutes in the bath. And then my final trick is to use the brand La Roche-Posay Foaming Face Wash and use it as a body wash. It's really great because the product has a similar pH to our skin, so bacteria don't grow as easily on our skin. And if it's too drying, you can try the La Roche-Posay Lipicar Face and Body Wash. That will be more moisturizing. Okay, there's one other thing. I'm hesitant to share this because there's really no science backing behind it, except anecdotally, this tends to work a lot. The last trick, the secret trick, I'm embarrassed to say, is to switch to organic dairy. Like I said, there's no evidence on this, but multiple pediatricians have said it has worked for their kids. We suspect that the hormones in other milks can affect kids, can make them be a little stinkier, can stimulate those glands. And you can just give this a try. It's not hard to do to switch to organic dairy. question is about that weird scaly stuff that you often see on baby's scalps. We like to think that baby skin is so perfect, but there are so many weird rashes. And here's a question about one of our favorites. My baby is about 11 months old and he had cradle cap shortly after he was born until maybe six months and it went away. And now that he is almost 11 months, it's been back for at least a month now. And I have been meaning to ask my pediatrician why. Kids who tend to have cradle cap, we call it seborrheic dermatitis, tend to get it recurrently. And I often think that kids who have dandruff when they're older had cradle cap when they were younger. And kids can also have cradle cap in their eyebrows, behind their ears, lots of weird places. It has a really distinctive appearance. So you can tell something's cradle cap if it has sort of a waxy yellow appearance with maybe some scales or even looks greasy. And it also can be a little bit irritated and red on the skin underneath it. I know that cradle cap can be really frustrating because it's ugly, but it really doesn't have any kind of medical consequence. And I know it's really frustrating because it goes away and then it comes back and then it appears in a different place. I had one patient this past week that said their daughter's cradle cap smelled really, really bad after they used Johnson & Johnson's baby shampoo. And I talked to my colleagues about it and we all agreed, you got to throw that shampoo out. 
There's really only one great use for Johnson & Johnson's and that is if you have styes, we often will recommend that you wash your eyelash line with Johnson & Johnson's since it's not tear producing. In really young infants, cradle cap is very, very common. Literature says 10% of kids have it, but I think it's far more. We think that it's caused by the transfer of androgen or male hormones across the placenta from the mother and that increases the oil glands in babies. So as this hormone starts to go down, you should see the cradle cap goes away and you can ignore it. But there are lots of treatments and I know if you want to get some nice baby pictures, you want to clean this stuff up. Or if you're presenting the baby to great grandma, you want them to look in tip top shape. So here's what you can do. The top tip is to always soak the area of the scalp that has the cradle cap in oil. So you can use vegetable oil. I really like olive oil because it has so many other antibacterial properties. Coconut oil is a good choice. You can try petrolatum jelly, mineral oil, baby oil, whatever you've got. Then you want to let it soak for like 5-10 minutes and then with a gentle shampoo, flake off the seborrheic dermatitis or the cradle cap with a soft brush. We tend to really like this one brand called the Bean Bee Brush, but any soft brush will work. For older kids, if there's a lot of redness on the skin, we like to try a low-potency steroid. So something like hydrocortisone. And on a younger kid, you can use this once a day for one week. You don't want to use it a lot more than that because steroids can theoretically thin out the skin and we wouldn't want that. But if you're working on the scalp, it's fine to put it on once a day for a week. And you may want a prescription strength hydrocortisone because the one over the counter is not very strong. If you've got a more persistent case of cradle cap in kids like over about three months, we might recommend an antifungal shampoo. So something with an ingredient like ketoconazole. There aren't any studies that show this is safe and all of the manufacturers will tell you not to use these products until after age 12, but we have found that it works well and I have not seen any negative effects. A lot of pediatricians will recommend this. There's one other shampoo we recommend and studies also don't show that this one is safe or effective, but we find that it works well and that's something like Selsun Blue Shampoo or any dandruff shampoo that contains selenium sulfide as the active ingredient. You can use this, but you don't want to use it more than maybe twice a week. And when you use it, you want to put the shampoo on, kind of scrub it in and leave it for 10 minutes because you want that selenium to start working. Then you can wash it off. The big problem with this one is that it does sting. So you have to be really careful not to get it in your kid's eyes. It works great if you've already removed the flakes to help prevent it. This shampoo works really great, particularly if you've already removed all of the flakiness. The selenium sulfide can help to prevent more cradle cap from coming. So if you're really worried about it, treat your cradle cap and then on an ongoing basis, use selenium sulfide or something like Selsun Blue like once a week or twice a week. It's really best for toddlers and older kids. There's one other thing that we really like to use and that's zinc pyrithione. Pediatricians love this one particular product. It's called Dr. Eddie's Happy Cappy. It has the active ingredient in it, but it also has licorice root in it and that can help with the redness that's underneath the flaky. This is my favorite product and you can use it in other areas like the armpits, the neck folds, and the groin area where we can see seborrheic dermatitis. It's a real giveaway. You'll know it's seborrheic dermatitis if there's redness and some greasiness or waxiness on the skin because it's always kind of weird to see something that looks like cradle cap in your kid's groin. All right, one other issue. 
is that cradle cap can get pretty stinky. And in those cases, usually it means that there is a secondary infection, meaning that you have this primary interruption of the skin where the cradle cap is and bacteria get into the rash. We call that a secondary infection. Oftentimes it'll be from staph. And the best way to treat this is you can take your kids swimming and the chlorine in the pool can actually be helpful or just pour a very small amount of bleach into the bathwater, like max two teaspoons. Back to the answer to this mother's question. If his cradle cap went away and then came back, I suppose it could mean that he has really active apocrine glands, those oil glands, but that would be pretty unusual. Some people are just unlucky and they get cradle cap over and over again. And this might be a kid who's going to end up having some dandruff when he's older. So this is a great time to really get your products in line and know what works for your kid. It's important to know that this is a relapsing condition and it's easy to treat. We don't know what causes it. Yeah, there's research, but there's nothing harmful from cradle cap. And that's why no one really cares. There's no financial incentive to solving the cradle cap problem. And so it hasn't really been pursued in research extensively. But now you have all the ideas of what you can do to help your kids cradle cap. I've talked about two different conditions in skin in different ages that we suspect may be related to those evil apocrine glands, those glands that secrete fluid all over your body when you get nervous or excited. And there's no way to stop yourself from being nervous or excited in life. So at least we've got some great products you can try to keep the stinkiness down, no matter your age. Please send me your questions, even if they're about stinky body parts. You can reach me at hello at pediatriciannextdoorpodcast.com or check out my website, drwendyhunter.com and send me a message there. For more from the Pediatrician Next Door, find me on the web at pediatriciannextdoorpodcast.com. If you've got a question about the weird things kids do, send an email to hello at pediatriciannextdoorpodcast.com for a chance to hear your voice on the show. I'm Dr. Wendy Hunter, and I'm the pediatrician next door. This show is produced by Red Rock Music. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever it is you're listening. I'll be back next time with more.